Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. So, Laura Starling, how fantastic to have you on here as my guest. I'm very excited. We're we're very new to the whole She's the Boss Mm -hmm. podcast, Mm -hmm. but you are the perfect guest. It's Don't worry, he's done all the testing on it. (laughs) So, my first question to you is, for our beautiful audience that will be wondering who the hell you are, Mm -hmm. can you tell us who you are and what your business is? My business has always been based in graphic design. Right. Um, I'm Australian, studied in Melbourne, worked for a year over here, and then went to London, which I loved, and kind of made my mark in London, worked with fabulous design companies, right? and then went out on my own and started my own styling design, now just called Laura Starling, because I like that better. And why did you go out on your own? I was very fortunate in that I got a job with probably one of the design companies, probably still one of the best design companies in the world, Pentagram. I would have to say, just for anyone that might be listening, that I worked in graphic design in London and I would agree mm-hmm. that Pentagram is probably one of the top five agencies probably in the world. And they're still going. And you yeah, know, they're the amazing. largest. The other day I heard they're the largest independent one, so they haven't been gobbled up by an advertising yeah, agency. Yeah, great, great. So they're not answerable. They're only answerable to the client for their, their quality. And I kind of like that. And yeah, it's set absolutely. up as, as little companies, but they all work together. I mean, in it there's partners so uh, you know it expands laterally and um, and I thought after that after five years what do I do now so I went out on my own right so tell me about Laura Starling design because I'm going to ask you about your career path in a minute Mm -hmm. but what is it exactly that you do because it's not like the average designer out there I know (laughs) right now what I do yeah what do you do right now what is Laura after my conventional let's do branding and corporate any logos so we're going to talk now and then we're going to go wind it back so it was, I think we, we often, it's almost like we do something for a while and then something comes knocking at your door and I thought there's more to this. There's more to this branding and logos and stuff than there is. And I started to think about the bigger picture. Do I still want to make people rich? You know, what is it? When you start going inside, you get amazing answers if you yeah. really trust trust yourself. And I did the meditation, the intuition and yada yada and that sort of thing. So I realized it was almost a lightning a realization that logos are so so much more potent than we think that they are that's right so so we all think that that's you know just something on a letterhead or maybe yeah. a branding yeah. on an ad yeah. or on packaging yeah but it's so much more than that isn't yeah. it especially yeah. if you do it well yeah and it actually has the essence of say mm. the brand mm. which so, is which is a very hard thing to do and that's I you know, know where you're very special well i think i think you can drill down in the essence. old days or you know the, i mean logos started off being a guarantee of quality you know mm-hmm. like you're buying your quaker oats or whatever and then it started just being in a form of identification then we started adding emotions to it which is where we are now but there was just kind of more and i thought i start so I was impelled to start dissecting the logo to reconstruct it. And that's what inspired my first book, The Logo Decoded. You are such a designer. <laughs> I love hearing that. I started deconstructing a logo. My goodness. Okay, and diving yes. deep. Yeah. Yeah. Drilling, yeah. drilling, sorry. Into drilling meanings deep. that people wouldn't have any idea were associated with that logo. But it's, 
And and every element in a logo is is awesome. So colour, you know, since we could draw on cave walls, we've been using colour to mm-hmm. to choose our futures. You know, yes. the history of colours is unbelievable. It's not the the idea. And colours mean things as well to all of we, us. We feel differently when we we see different colours. We colour some colours work with us. Some colours don't. Some people can see colours when they see words. You know, um, synest- oh, that's a that thing, synest- isn't it? Yes. Um, Yes, and so, so they and see so drum thought, and they see grey and they yeah, see bat and they see red or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know. And there's a man called Theo Gimbel who's also known as the father of colour therapy. Right. And he pulled all of this together. I think he's dead now. But, you know, he says you can throw colours at people or you can envisage people with colours and you can send colours and things like that. And, and, and do, you see, do you believe that as well? I do. Well, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, it's kind of worked on our chakras. And I remember... Um, reading a book where NASA was doing some experimentation and they suddenly, the, the, because their tools are becoming more and more fine-tuned, they actually could find the chakras in, 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 and they resonated. In the NASA logo? Yeah, no, no, not in their logo. You <laughs> in <switch>. their what? <laughs> in, in people, logos. Right. Oh, and okay. The, like the... And, and, and seeing the colours. Right. So, you know, the so third like eye was, was, was indigo and the throat resonated at the same values as... As turquoise and the heart as green, you know it's really weird. Wow. So you know the the the, uh, the the Indians and the Chinese have known this for thousands of years, but we've never had the machinery to to be able to measure it. But now we do, and then we've got sound, and sound is incredibly powerful. You know we know that that, that sound can literally break down walls if, yes. if if it's at the right resonance, and how we deliver sound, and then we've got we've got the the shapes of symbols. So we feel differently when we see a round symbol than we do when we feel a square, spiky a one. square one or a spiky one. And it sounds different. There's two shapes that they do, booba and kiki. And they ask people to match a jaggy shape with one and a round shape with one. And Everyone, everyone says, does booba is the round shape. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. It, it, so anyway, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Or when we see an eagle, we feel differently. You know, there's eagle, like but, the American eagle. And I just love that, love delving into the elements. So I want to know... What was that moment where you jumped from a logo is a typeface or a logo type, which is how I was brought up and I worked actually in that corporate identity space, through to bringing in shamanism, emotions and all that woo-woo stuff that you love. What Was there a moment where you just went, this is too superficial, I know there's more... There to was. this than that, and, and what was that moment? Well, I, I I got interested in other stuff, and so I studied herbalism, and then I'd made flower remedies. It was the plants that took me, and then I met a lady who taught plant spirit medicine. Right. And I was doing an event, because I wanted to teach people at, at our farm. We had a farm in Somerset in England, and one of the participants was just sharing about how he had drawn in his with his finger in the air in a room a symbol. Yeah. And he had two people from outside coming in who were able to douse and independently. Dousing is when you um, use... Um, it's like water dousing. divining, yep, isn't it? Like exactly. that, that kind of wishbone-shaped yep, thing absolutely. and you move into a Or it can be, you can space do it and it does funny things, it vibrates yep, or cross. something. They right. either they cross, cross. Or, okay. or you can do it with a pendulum and just keep right. asking So questions. this guy had drawn a logo in the a, air. Another girl had drawn a, a whatever it was, a symbol. Right, in, in the, the air. air. And in an empty room. In an empty room. And then left the room. Yeah. And then and this he guy came comes in, in he with walked his... up and down with his rods and he said, that's where it is. And it was exactly the right spot. And then he continued to talk. He was amazing, actually. And he said, um, I was talking about, you know, you could draw a symbol and you could put a glass of water over it. Mm-hmm. And that, with an in- a symbol with an intention or a word, and that glass of water would, would take the, the energy of that. And you could drink that and get 
the energy of that symbol. And I've seen that work. <laughs> Sorry, I'll keep really going because it's really weird now, know, but keep going. But intention is everything. Even you know, Deepak Chopra. So, no, no, but there was something about those world. glasses. Haven't you told me a story before about well, well, the, the water. where when you, the water does something? Well, then I thought this is this is interesting, and it was one of that was the light bulb moment. Right, and that's when I started to research it. And one of the things with the water is the scientist, the Japanese scientist, he died a couple or three years ago, I think, called Masaru Emoto, mm-hmm. and he spent his whole life researching the qualities of water and how water absorbs different energies. But those in- energies can be kind of emotional or intentional. So he, he's. Um, his laboratory was in a big freezer and he would have students going by. He'd have two vials of water. One would have, both from the same source, one might have love written on it, yeah. the other one hate. He might get the students to walk past on another day and say to another vial of water, I hate you, or just in the other one, I love you. Um, he might play different musics to them. And when he would sl- freeze those and slice them, there were beautiful snowflake patterns in the ones that had the good qualities yeah. projected at them. And the ones with the so-called bad qualities were all blobby. And I just, the more I looked into it, I thought, you know, what are we drinking when we drink soft drinks? What's the intention behind the logo on those soft drinks? Because there's a huge intention. Yes, well, I think we've probably... And it's basically to make money, isn't it? It's certainly not to make us healthy. It's no, certainly, I mean, you know, the only way it's to make us feel better is because we feel well, they're, the they're doing a sub, hype. And they're doing the subterfuge thing with make, it's going to make you feel good, which yeah. is why all the advertising, having just spoken yeah. with um, Anne Miles at a previous um, podcast, she mm. was talking about how ad- advertising has to tap into those emotions and it yeah. used to be so ridiculously yeah. sexist. Yeah. But it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's so right. talk to me about the logos that you have designed because I actually haven't asked this of you. Mm. So are there some, can you name a couple of logos that you've done for really well-known brands and then maybe talk us a little bit around the emotion around that? I could. Well, I worked for, I actually, God, I worked for 30 years with... <laughs> no, it's a bit hard to with Lloyd, put you on with, the spot with Lloyd's, with Bank, Lloyd's right. Bank. I'm talking the straight... So Lloyd's Bank, straight. for anyone that's in Australia that doesn't know, is a really big bank in England. It's one of the five major it's, banks. Yeah, like Westpac and, and ANZ is here. Lloyd's mm. is one of the massive, massive ones over there. So And they came to me and said, you know, we need to redesign our logo. And I thought, well, this is this was huge. It was a sort of million dollar project Absolutely. or more. So I got together a consortium of designer friends and said, we're going to need to present this together. If I've got a, no, I can't do it with my yeah. one assistant. And, um, and we got it. And so we worked on that. And they were good. And it was the height of the, height of the, the, the you know, the 80s. You yes. Know, banking and uh, 90s. And money. Going uh, when through. money was ruling the world and everyone wanted to be Absolutely. rich. And, so was, and Wall Street had just come out, that movie. Yeah. It was very exciting um, to be in that. Until, you know, you realise you get a bit older and wider. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, was I part of that. Uh, well, that's right, because it was obviously, you know, there, was, there wasn't a, a lot of warm, fuzzy emotions that were attached in those days. But, you know, but anyway. what, was a, what was amazing is when I started doing that, and they still did that, because I kept, I think I did their report and accounts for 30 years, I was very privileged that I would be in meetings with the chairman, the group chief executive, the key guys who really wanted to know what I was going to impart in that report and accounts or what it was going to be. So we were dealing right. with it. And then, do you know when it started to sort of get fuzzy was when they delegated that to account execs and things who had their own agenda. Right. And they were analysing things and this is the trend. Well, this, this, is, this is the suits versus creatives yeah, thing, and, isn't it? And so they start the, getting all left brain and yeah, you are all right yeah, brain. All the people who really cared about the company. You know, the main guy I worked with is a... Um, 
was Sir Brian Pittman, and he had come up through the bank since he was something like 17 years old, starting as a teller. Right. Bank teller. So he knew so it inside out. He loved, loved, loved that bank. Right. And it was so nice. And so we'd present, and, and it was all very formal. You didn't speak until Sir Brian spoke to you or anything like that. And at the end, he'd say, <laughs> Well, Miss Darling, well done. You've done it again. And there was a and sort you'd have of. That it was, glow in, it in was, the... yeah, we were just working together as a team right at that, you know, left brain, right brain. So male, let's actually female, talk about whatever. that because when we're talking about. Logos really, I would say instinctively, ninety nine percent of people think it's all about the graphics, and that it's all very right brain. It's creativity. It's whatever you can churn out, and and you know everything from Fiverr to a company like Pe- Pentagram that would be doing it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. In the end, people think it's about the visual, but there is just so much more to it. It's what the visual delivers. And remember, it's sound as well. The lovely thing about a word is a logo. Are you talking about the onomatopoeia of the actual sound, like Lloyd's? Yes, exactly. And also, um, this is really weird, and Dave and I were talking about it downstairs. (laughs) But the sound, the the shape that your mouth makes. And I I go down rabbit warrens with this sort of thing down the hole. That's all right. And I was thinking one of the chants is um, So Hum. It's a very powerful Buddhist chant. Right. Buddhist chant. And I thought your your mouth is round when it goes so, so. when you go hum, hum it's a it's a horizontal line. Yeah. And I thought that's the shape of the London Underground. You know, because it's, it's a circle. It's a circle with a line through I the know. middle. I know, and I was thinking, and then I sort of stopped. I thought, this is now <laughs> getting weird. But do you know when you start and look at that, everything has a reason behind it. Yes. You know? Everything has a reason. But intention. I actually think that the general public out there don't realise how no. much thought has gone into it. And yeah. I always, I mean, one really good example was I remember when Telstra changed its name with us guess I'm showing my age because it was probably 20 years ago mm-hmm. and I can't even remember what they were but they changed to Telstra and everyone went oh my god that's 1.5 million dollars or whatever it was mm-hmm. and of course part of it I used to think people don't realize that's just rebranding trucks and and yeah. you know phone booths yeah. and all that kind Huge of stuff expensive. so there's, it's it's very expensive there but the meaning behind it was you know, the, the orange loop was that that, that was Ayers Rock and the blue was the blue of the sea. and uh, You know, it? just all those sorts of things. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, there is so much meaning and people don't realise. And I then know. I moved into working in graphic design mm. and the amount of thought. So people go, hey, I wouldn't mind you creating a logo for me. And they think you just go off and go, oh, what, what shape shall I do that T for Telstra? And do I like orange or pink? I might just decide. They don't mm. think about all the strategy that goes into yeah. the back end of it mm. and how incredibly um, I know. You know, analytical, I guess, it is. I think there's three things that came up for me as you said that. And I think it is. The first thing is, yes, we can do that. And a lot of designers will go, well, I did a serif face last week or mm. I've got a blue logo or I did an angel last week so I'll have a, an eagle and, this week or I could do with this for my portfolio. And that really is indulgent. Yeah. The other one is that we put meaning onto things and we go, yes, we're going to do that. And it's that it also can be indulgent, that self of things. We'll call that the blue of the uh the, the, the blue of the ocean of bay, yeah, exactly. and I know the burnt orange and the burnt orange know. will suddenly become Ayers Rock that's you know, the colour of Ayers exactly. Rock at sunset and I, and I, on, a, and I, on a Tuesday and night and again <laughs> I go Ugh. so I flipped that on its head so what I will do now is I will it's a, it is a, like a shamanic thing I will journey to, to the intention of that because as soon as you have an intention to do it and those things come up differently so and if I am going to invoke the spirit of Ayers Rock yes and this is really shamanic, it's very weird stuff, then I need to liaise with that. I need to say to Ezra, is it okay? 
Right. No, no that is a bit indigenous weird. people. <laughs> no indigenous people would say, you know, we've used no. the, like the totem. Absolutely not. If you yes. want the spirit of the eagle, like, you know, Barclays Bank has got an eagle, the American nation has got an eagle, you need to say, is that okay to do that? You yeah. need to work with that energy. You don't just steal it. It's like me going and it's like me saying, oh, Jules has got pink hair. You know, she's like this. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't do that without liaising with you because you hold the power of that. And then we become really strong because we're working. Because we're working together. We're working like together. That. All right. So now let's move. So it's move not on. that weird. <laughs> it is weird, but that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Weird is great for a whole lot of people. So now I'm going to bring you back to earth for a minute, and we're okay. going to talk about your career path because mm-hmm. nowadays you run your own agency. I'm sure there's a hundred and one thousand probably girls out there that would love to own their own graphic design mm. company. But where did you start? Like I want you to wind back right to school almost. And then how have you ended up here, where to you school. are now? Very briefly, I went to a local primary, North Blackburn Primary State School. Which oh, was that's joyful. right, because you grew up in Australia. Because oh, even though you've got that English accent, have you've I? learned that in your adulthood. Yeah, I used to walk to school with my little bag. I didn't think about it. <laughs> and then my mother, I don't know how she managed to do it. She packed me off to Presbyterian Ladies College. Oh, okay, PLC girl. Yep, so I did that for six years, and then I didn't want to go to university because there was nothing I wanted to do there, so I went to Swinburne. Right, and I did and what did was then design. called the Diploma of Art. Yeah, okay. You couldn't do a degree in it in those days. And then I worked for a year in Melbourne with an amazing designer who's gone on to do bigger and better things. He'd worked with some of the best designers like Les Mason in Australia. Okay. And it was his first year out. So I was his first assistant. Wow. Are you allowed to he name was names? My, yeah, David Hornblow. Okay. And he was my first boss. And do wow. you know what? We're still in touch. Isn't that lovely? Which That's is really, really, really nice. He's, and, so, uh, yeah. and I mean, I think if you do manage to start your career with a fabulous boss, it changes everything. I it had does. a brilliant boss. I loved yeah. her. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that does give you that kind of... I don't know, that sense of self-assurance. It's like having parents that love and yeah. adore you and and, yeah. and really nurture you compared to people that don't have parents like that. It gives you that warm, fuzzy sort of confidence. Yeah, I think so. I think I was thrown in the get. deep end because David, I mean, we, we joke about it now, I said, absolute bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I had a weekend off in a year. I was never paid but that's the, That is the world he of took, graphic he design, took, I, he, he I know that. He take me home at night and his wife would put me on the couch so we could get up at four o'clock in the morning and having start work again. and start again. Yes, and I did it because I was coming. brought up with that really good working class ethic. work ethic. Yeah, and yeah. I did it. But you know, I probably got about four years' experience in that one year. And the Amazing. fact that I started with him from scratch, and when I left, there were about five people working for him. Yes, so. fantastic. So you started off with him, and how did you end up in the UK? I just I always wanted to come and work in in London. And, and so, and I don't it's want to allude to your age, but it was, was it the 60s or 70s? It was like, 70s. so it was when everything was taking off. Oh, and I mean, amazing. London was the heart of, yeah, I know. of amazingness. I, know. I mean, it the Beatles magical. were still there almost. It was yeah, all the, just, sort of yeah, yeah. just gone, but yeah. you know, like, so, so, um, you've gone to England. You're a pretty yep. green, I would imagine, Aussie. First, yep. First job. Um, I went and visited, I said to David, who's good? And he gave me a few people, and one was Pentagram. And I went right. there, and they said, look, we're interested, but we're not ready yet. So I found a job in a company called Murdoch Design Associates, but I was only there for six months 
But what was lovely about that is that they were based in Knightsbridge. So I was oh, great. two doors down from Harrods. I, I was, was going like, to say, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know London very well, Knightsbridge is kind of... And I worked at a place called Coley Portobello, yeah. which was behind Harrods. Yeah, well, we Same were so sort of close. Thing. Yeah, we were. If you and so much younger is... than me, we might have run into each other. <laughs> <laughs> Knightsbridge is so posh, it's not funny, isn't it? Such like, from fun. an Australian point of view. Oh, I know. It's so it's posh, gorgeous. but it's so... It's like, I remember London. I used to walk to work and go, past Alexandra McQueen yeah. and then past, you know like one huge name yeah. after another oh, and yes. you go this is the first store they had oh, not this is one of the many like in Australia where we end up getting you know the last shop in the in the chain it was the first one so mm. so you were in Knightsbridge you were waiting to get into this job in Pentagram. And then and I got the job in Pentagram. Award. Right. Worked for five years. That was well, magical. Was Pentagram pretty new in those days? No, because, it, well, it, it it was relatively new, but only to, I don't know how many years, but before then it had been Crosby, Fletcher, Forbes. Right. And, and Pentagram they, was because they got five partners, yep, which exactly. is such a good name. Exactly, yeah. um, okay. So how long did you work for them? Five years. They had right. a contract for five years. So then you were out. Right. And did they do that as a thing? Yeah, they they did. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So they're basically, we want fresh talent. We don't care how much we love you. We just want more people coming through. Clever. So after five years there, what did you do? I went freelance. I went to Covent Garden, which is also magical. Yes, absolutely. And I rented a room. Yes. No, I rented a desk. Near Neil's Yard or something. I was, right. I was in Neil's Yard. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It doesn't actually get cooler than that. (laughs) I know. But go on. (laughs) And then I worked there and then um, I shared a room with somebody and then I took on an assistant and then I went into a partnership in Notting Hill Gate. Oh, gosh, you're just getting cooler and cooler, (laughs) aren't you? And that's when we did the Lloyds Bank thing. And then after that, I uh, moved to Southwark, just south of the city of London, and bought my own building, which had an apartment in it. Oh, my giddy I aunt. should never have sold that building. But anyway, there you go. Uh, we do those things. I know it when I went to so London, I ended up in Brixton. So this is, oh. I mean, as, as far as London goes, Brixton was just getting really yeah. trendy when I was there. Mm-hmm. But Southwark is just that little bit closer. So you're only just across, really, yeah, no, just the just river from, part, from, from um, Westminster Abbey yeah. and, and yeah. Big Ben and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, right, so you had your own agency over there. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I want to know what happened That's between then and now. That's when I kind of went up, met a man. Yes. He happened to be a client. She's rolling her eyes. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to go out Had, with your clients. I know, but anyway. I know. Well, I did think that. He said, oh, I think it's you know, allowed can when you we go? And I was like, oh, no, not another client <laughs> trying to, you know. No. But anyway, he, he, was, he was very sweet, obviously. And we got married and we had two children. Right. So you opted out of your career at that stage? No, no. I was still working. Had okay. Them, had the all right. Had the, you know, all of Pretty that. Pretty unusual, I would have thought, in those days, to be a mum no, and working, not that wasn't it? that old. No, no, but I would have thought that <laughs> no, still, no. even in the 70s, that, you know, I mean, no, I can we're think in the of 80s my mother. Now, okay. Then, but, you know, right. no, I was full on. I had the, had the support and right. all that. Had two kids. We moved out a little bit to Essex. Yeah, um, where my husband had come from on the Essex Hertfordshire border, and that was you good because Essex it was boy, Hertfordshire. <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm just no, joking it about that. It's a bit of a joke, but it was precariously <laughs> close to Essex, but it was Hertfordshire. Yeah, Sawbridgeworth, and um, and so what were you doing then with your own agency? I still? was still coming in, still commuting, doing right? Because you could. It was only an hour away, yeah. so we'd drive in the morning, you know, and all of that. And then it just kind of got, oh, you know, just the magic goes out of it. Yes, certainly of London it does go I out know. of it. You just go, I'd like to be able to blow my nose and not have black snot and I don't want skin yeah, on my tea. I and know. there were so it many was... weird things about England, I remember. I know. I used to love it when clients would phone up and say, I've got a problem. I go, I'm your girl. Yep. <laughs> and then one you. day I've got a problem. I went, oh, go somewhere else. I thought, 
it's time to get time to get out. Right. So I was lucky in that I was, you know, I just scaled down. But, you know, even, and we moved again to Somerset, um, to a farm in Somerset. I think we were about in our 40s. And I said to my husband, do you know, we're still young enough to make a change. Is there anything you want to do? I said, I'm fine. I can do what I'm doing because then I was more freelancing and using London agencies to, to do things. But I yeah, can right. mastermind it from anywhere. I can move. And he said, I've always wanted to be a farmer. I said, okay. Let's, be Let's farmers, do then. farming, but I'm not going to be a farmer's wife. Right. Do not expect me to milk the cows and <laughs> churn the butter. I know. In I my know. buxom uh, <laughs> little outfit. So we found this gorgeous farm you know, in Somerset. Right. It was so beautiful and it was magical. They're probably the best and the unhappiest times in my life because I was abandoned. He was this, you know, a female graphic designer at the top of a Career. Form, yeah. yeah. Um, being written about in the Financial Times and wow, things like yeah. that. No, 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 it's no big deal. But it's, well, it is it's being dumped in this farm. Yeah, yeah. With two kids. It's like, I mean, I love my kids, but, yeah, you know, it was like the local it, primary school. And it was like... Culture shock. Mm, it was. But the farm was very beautiful. And it was... I don't know a lot about this, but people who know more about it than, that, than me said that it was had a convergence of convergence on it to five energy lines very <laughs> why deep. am i not surprised I you say that are they ley lines you're talking about yeah sort of ley lines i think they, they could be both because i don't know that much about but it. that but particular like part that. of england was, yeah. was oh yeah it was in the southwest which is energy. magical well somerset is yeah. absolutely stunning. so it kind of pulls you deep so you you know and i did go very deep but there were jewels in that deepness there were of course there were real gifts. <laughs> and uh no so yeah, okay so tell me about along your career journey and I'm and, and I am putting you on the spot which is a bit unfair but mm. because this is a show about women in business mm. I kind of feel like it would be quite nice for anyone to do a shout out really for anyone that really a woman who has helped you along the way and you were in a career time when really it was very much dominated by men so yeah. did you have some sort of you know, special Jules, women that al- helped you? It's always been it's always been women yes it was and one of the reasons I left Australia is because it was I always found it just so misogynistic. Male. I yeah. really did. And I didn't want to do that. And so at that, you know, we're talking in the 70s. The men, sorry, Jules, were more interesting than the women. The women were kind of my friends in my circle. Because women wanted didn't have to careers get married, as much. You know, and wanted to do that. And yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I was down the other end of the party speaking to the guys about cars. But you wouldn't have been the want... only woman doing this. So I'm interested to know. There weren't that know... many. Remember us right. out in the Burbs? Yes. I was out in Box Hill and Blackburn. No, no, and no. no was... Not in Australia, I guess I'm thinking. When you got to London and you decided I, in to London, uh, it was Pentagram and also it, go out on it, your own, who were the women was, who helped it, you? It was different. So the women have basically been my friends. And what I did find in London is that women seem to help women more. There's not that, there's not a bitchiness, there's not a, I'm going to get her. I feel the same way. It's so interesting you say that. I do interviews even now and I go, I don't think women are bitchy to other women. Look, and and that's a big broad statement and I understand saying that because my, I actually think corporate women don't understand the same thing as women who own their own business. But I think if you're in business on your own, my experience anyway has been that women are incredibly nurturing, helpful, how can I help you? I know someone that can do this, I, let me help you. I think, you. darling, because we're that much older. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but join the older set. I, I think that but, it's but, still but unfortunately in land, I know young, they, younger women. They cut I, each other I know off. people... That it seems to be more in Australia, but maybe it's because I, you know, maybe it's in London. 
that will just be very bitchy, that will underhand, will cut people off. And I'm really, really saddened by that. And I have been so lucky. I've always helped my female friends and my my girlfriends, my my women business colleagues have been amazing, totally and absolutely blessed. And it's like, how can I help you? Well, that's why I've made... So I've made the little um, motto for She's the Boss Mm. is women empowering other women around them. Absolutely. Because I think that we all need to help each other. We all need to kind of lift each other up a little bit. That's what the feminine is. And if we're not doing that, we're playing the male game and, you know, we're back to to plan A, which is on the destruction path. That's right. And, and, And we don't need to go down that game. We don't have to play that game. It's just that whole thing so okay so now tell me and again i'm putting you on the spot because i haven't given you any warning about this one but Mm -hmm. about this um podcast but anyway have you had a moment that you can think of in your career where you had some fantastic success that you were just so thrilled i imagine winning lloyd's bank might have been might have been it but there has there been another one where so i'm looking for pivotal moments where you've had some woohoo moment or a terrible failure where everything fucked up and you didn't know what to do? That's an interesting question because I think um, when I was on my own, there was a New Zealand guy who was a PR um, public relations officer of a very large company and he (laughs) had total faith in me and he Ah. pushed me. And so, you know, there was a time that I just had to present and I felt very young and very green to a whole army of engineers internationally. And that was scary, and I did, and it went. And it was kind of like, yes, but you know something, Jules? Those times are short-lived. It's like buying... Oh, I know they are. It's like buying the Gucci bag or the something. It's the ego. Oh, no, I wouldn't say... I reckon it still sparks in your memory that you go... I remember that was a moment where I went, I am really good at what I do. Yeah, I know that. But, you know, it's... I I know that I'm good at what I do, but it's not an ego thing. That's the ego. Now I know I'm good at what I do almost because of the low points when you drop into yourself and you make that connection and you know that everything is going to be okay. Right. That you actually connect with everything. And So what was that? Give me a low point. Give me a moment where you had a realisation and you went... This is shit, but I know I can get myself out of it. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not shit. It's a good point. It's not a low point. I mean, one of the things I've written in one of the books is it's like it's not quite a moment of oneness. But I remember just, you know, I had my little briefcase and I was going down Clapham Junction Station heading to my my flat. And it was almost in an instant I knew. And this is really weird. Uh, in a, I could see that speck of dust on the top step. And and I was that dust. I know it's weird. And it's and it fleeted. I'd love to have a longer one of those where you just think none of this is real. Whatever and it I do, matter. and it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. That's a and big moment, that, isn't it? Yeah, isn't and it? all those accolades. Yes, I've got the awards. But what I've do they judged mean? On Dunity. So what did that change the world? No, it made me feel good. This is not what I do now. It's not about me feeling good. It's about making. It's about bigger, doing my work on the planet. Statement. Yes, it's I like love your that. soul comes knocking on the door many, many times. Sometimes it's a disaster and sometimes you just... It think. is, and, and, and both of them you learn from. I mean, it really, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of women out there that are going, I don't make mistakes, I'm, I learn from, you know, things that happen to me, and it's very yeah, true. And you really need to get older to realise that they are actually great things, not bad I things. I know, and you, it does cut, and, and really you feel like the world's ending, but it isn't, and no. it's actually something you're going to learn a lot from that moment. I know. 
And there's an incredible peace in that. Mm, and being willing to let it go, you know, not holding on to it, like in the work I do now, I think is invaluable. Because it's going inside ourselves to find our brand, our, the brand of our soul, the, 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 the words, the pictures, the sounds, the colours that our soul, want, our soul journey wants to express. Yeah. Then deliver that so we deliver our true selves, not buy from the outside. So if I'm sitting here saying to you, you know, Jules, I won a DNAD award. You know, Jules, I judged on DNAD. Do you know, Jules, I've, I've flown da here and da da da. What a, you know. A wanker, sorry. Well, we'll it is a wanker, but it, well, yes. No, no. But it, but, is, you know, well, it isn't, it isn't someone I, you want to hang around with no, for a long time no, anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> but if I say, Jules, I see you, yeah. let's do some magic. Oh, God, got you've got me tools. straight away. I've you've got, got, got me tools, straight away. and I think you're amazing. <laughs> and let's change the world. How do you like to change the yeah, world? Yeah, yeah, no, you've got can, me straight you know, away. Yes. Because we can use the same tools that big brands use. They've changed the world. Let's claim, let's claim it back and create our world. Right. That's where the magic is. And, it is. and you have as much access to those tools as I do. And, and all of us do, which is, which is so amazing. Mm. So, okay, now I'm going to shift the conversation slightly off your career. And, we, and I want to know for a lot of the women out there, and I mean, I, I've had a couple of conversations about this. How do you juggle work and life? Like, what, how, how, does that, how does your day look? I have been so lucky. Do you know, people say... Uh, there was a Nicola, I can't remember her name. She was a very high up in uh, banking in the UK. Said you can't have it all, you know. I think you can. I, well, I really do. I think you can. Do you know? Yes, it I is did. a juggle, did, though. It is a juggle I if did, you want it. I did all. have. I, I did that. have help. I did. Yes. I was able to afford a nanny, um, which helped with the kids, and I've been able to afford, you know, people who do it. And now, you know, I can afford to have. You know, not whatever I need, but you know, experts in their respective fields. Because well, you and worked do bloody that. hard when you were younger to and, get that. Um, but even if you can't afford it, you know, I do deals. There's people I just do swaps with. But, what, but I guess do what... that. So I, with that, with entrusting things to other people and delegating and trusting the process, I have. I've got amazing children. I am absolutely yeah. blessed with them. I love them to pieces. And you met my daughter today. I did. And I've had an amazing career. And I and I love every. And do you minute work? Of I guess what I'm thinking more is: Are your days long? Do you put in a lot of hours of work, or are you juggling I'm, the work life pretty well, or do you see your job as also really a big part of your life? So really, they're they're not dissimilar to each other. Do you know? Dissimilar. Are they distinctive? Yeah. I don't like to not? think that I work anymore. People say you retired. <laughs> I won't retire. I'm just starting a new career in this. Of course, I'm not going to retire. But, um, you know, my work, the best work that I do is when I'm bored. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy. And I almost have to do really boring stuff. And then I go, oh, my, and I, you get a download. It's like a download. Or yeah. your right brain can finally go, oh, thank God I can get a word in. Your creative master can go. And then you go, oh, that's the next book. That's it. That's it. And then you, you, you sort of manage that with so, whatever you need. So what sort of hours do you work then? Any that I want to. <laughs> I, I, you're like a slippery snake. I can't pin you down, can I? Look, sometimes so, I, I mean, get are up. you working very long days? Are you doing three hours of work a day? Are you doing? I'm. I'm. When I'm busy, I'm busy. Okay, when I'm so not busy, a day I wind could, a day down. Could be um, that I will. I often wake. I wake up early. Yeah. And at the moment, and with the way that the world is at the moment, I always do a meditation because I just right. think it's nice. I need to come back to myself because it's scary. Yeah, and there's no point in going out there and blaming. I don't watch the news, so come back to me. Who you know? What will I do? And then I will, you know, do my shower. And that's I do that in a, in a kind of not a meditative way, but in a conscious way. Yeah. 
So I'm actually having cold showers after my hot showers. Oh my god, are you? I know. Well, I was. I've my this son guy did that for six months last Wim year. Hoff, yeah, and he, I'm thinking. I reckon he saw my son saw the video. He was like, yeah. "I'm going to do cold showers." And yeah. I was like, "Are you no, out of I your know, brain?" No, but it's kind of work anyway. So it feels so good. You so you do, do come out feeling really invigorated. Good. Yeah, and everything. It's it's doing it consciously, and then I will. Have, have a breakfast but as I'm doing that what am I going to do today so at the moment I'm doing some illustrations for, for a book mm-hmm. and so I might spend a couple of hours on those and I then I'm always doing articles because I'm doing my website yes. so I'll do some blogs right and then I think it's really necessary to go for a walk or do some exercise yeah. I'll do yoga and something like that that's a note to self must do this some of that I know <laughs> and then I'll kind of fiddle but while I'm fiddling I call it fiddling it might be I don't know it could be anything from vacuuming to even drawing I'll be. I'll have a an intention to. I'm really stuck on something, and then I'll. You know, it'll it'll pop in and go. Right, that's it. And then I'm off doing something else. So, know, how many clients do you have at the moment? Like these what days, about, what well, are you not, doing? Not. I'm building my client list. So at the moment, there's probably about half a dozen around, and I'm okay. learning from a lot of them. That's and okay. I that like keep that you pretty busy. That's moment, a nice amount, isn't it? It really? is, and I don't want. What no, masses. that's why no. I was saying before. But I guess I'm a little bit younger than you, and I'm like, bring it on. I'm happy to be yeah. overloaded at the moment. But no, I can see I the point in the no. near future where I wouldn't think that was so great. No, I feel like I've earned my stripes. You, you know, absolutely I've got my stripes have. and whatever. And, so, and I don't care. I'm my mind, <laughs> but I don't care. I think the stuff that I'm doing is magical, and it won't leave me. I, th- I think it's transformative. If, I love it that you say it won't leave you. So what it's what you're saying is oh, this is my Oh, every time I go, why am I doing yoga? Is... Go out and plant some trees, girl. Go out and no, but find you're, another bar. Your way of planting trees some, you know, is to design something. And it's something. like something like, chunk, you know, it comes, okay, right, well, we'll get on with it. So if people want, if they, they're willing to be transformed, if their life is not right, or they want to create a better world, this is another tool. Do it or don't. I love it. I'm not their mother. Okay, so, no, you're not. <laughs> That's absolutely true. So... Okay, now I'm asking you a really quirky <laughs> one, and I don't even know how how you are with apps. And I I guess when I'm thinking apps, I'm thinking phone more than anything. But have you got two apps that you could name that you think are really useful that you use? Well, all I thought the time? Anchor was bloody useful, but now I'm finding <laughs> out that it's not. Well, Anchor is as well. So for those of you that don't know, Anchor is a podcasting app, and both um, Laura and I are both exploring podcasts at the moment. So. This has been set up by my fabulous partner who has all the equipment and I haven't had to do anything other than sit down and have a chat with you. <laughs> and the thing I like about it, the thing I like, like about any of those apps, is that you know something I can click on and then I re- can record it and it delivers it. True. So they're the sort of apps. But what about banking apps like. or Oh, yeah, playing I use banking apps. apps. Yeah, I use banking Are there anything apps. No, that you think are really playing. useful? No, I play patience occasionally, but I don't do the playing apps. Right. They don't okay. really work for me. I just I've got one that I love called Jotnot that turns your it? phone into a scanner. And I love it because if somebody sends you a document and you need to sign it, you can drop in drop in your signature and then just oh. take a photo of it and it processes it in black and white and sends it off as a as a well, PDF. That's a good one. I use Genius Scan on oh, my okay. thing, I heard and that. that's really good. So then I file things. But there is another one, and I can't remember the name of it, where you scan things and and you say where it's going to go in your accounting, and then you can put it into the right. Is that Receipt Bank? Mm, I've got one receipt bank like that I use as well, be. which integrates with Zero, which is, is really it? good. Yeah, and the good. other one um, that I quite like is Canva, I would have to say. I mean, and what about yeah. what do you think of Canva? 
Have you used it? I think it's great. Have you used it? I think Canva is really, really good. No, I haven't used it because there's a... (laughs) So when you say it's really good, you don't know. No, no, because I think that the quality of design is really good. You can do things on it. I agree. And the reason I don't use it, because it doesn't have the intention that I want to put behind things. So I like to find, why am I choosing that typeface? Where can I find it? I like to do that tracking. Oh, but I, I think love it that, that you're got... still a designer through and through. You can't let it go, can you? No, I know. And really, Canva was set up by a graphic designer, I think, I think to it's help got a... people yeah. who can't afford designers. And it's so. really, really good quality. And, and I'd take that over Fiverr or one of those kind of things. Oh, I think, God, where don't someone's start just me on Fiverr. Something awful. You might as well be oh. honest about it and go, I've chosen don't. a template the good and thing, I'm just dropping my no, stuff No, I in. tried Fiverr once and I got the sweet, sweetheart in, in India and he just did everything wrong. It was about five times. He still only charged me a Fiverr. I know. About it. Well, that's the other thing as well, because you feel like shit for the <laughs> fact that they don't charge enough money. But they do. And not, they don't. Oh, sure. And they probably good. don't deserve it either. I All right. So last but not least, three things you have learned in your career based on. So well, what I want you to think about is if you were a young girl now or a young woman and you were thinking about setting up your own business, what would you have loved someone to have told you back then that we could maybe help these girls with now? Do you know a friend of mine, who's even older than me, joined a club. Is that possible? No, I'm only joking. (laughs) Joined a club called the JFDI Club. Right. She started it. She said, you know, we talk about things and should we do this and how should we do it? Just fucking do it. (laughs) And I really, I really like that. Just try it. And make sure you protect it. And, And the other thing I said, have a backup plan. Yes. Even if it's a mediocre backup plan, always have a backup plan. So you can go to the backup plan. Yeah, good and idea. I would also say, gather your friends around you. The friends that you yes, absolutely Yes, that's a, a real female thing. Trust. All the girls say that to me, and, and they're the like, girls. have your support network. Yeah. Have your support no, so that yeah, when you're work. having a shit day, yeah. you can call someone and go, oh, yeah. my God, I don't know whether I should be yeah. doing this. And they yeah. go, you should. It's fine. Take a deep breath. Yeah. It's okay. Keep going. Yeah. You know, yeah. because otherwise you just second guess yourself a lot. And I think yeah. and I think that's particularly female. Yeah. I do think that as girls we need to have other women around us I that do. believe in I us. Agree. And that actually in some sometimes and not always, but sometimes is almost more valuable than your partner or your children or anyone saying you're on the right track is your girlfriend saying, You've got this, you're all right, go for it. There's no agenda, not with your true girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. They don't try and fix you. Well, what a beautiful fixing. interview. Oh, oh it was absolutely fun. Love it was this. fun. You are now, a Laura, star. if anyone wanted to get hold of you to do a logo and actually get some meaning behind their logo and stuff, <laughs> how would they get hold of you? What's the best way? Well, my name is Laura Starling, which is L-O-R-A. L-O-R-A. Where did L-O-R-A come from? L-A-U-R-A. What was your mother thinking, L-O-R-A? They actually called me Leonora. Ah, and so Laura so came Laura, from that yes, and Starling, okay. uh, Starling like the bird, and which is S T R L I N G. So it's just Laura at laurastarling.com. Okay, fantastic. But it's fun, but be prepared for the ride. It's oh, yeah, that, no, oh, you're not nice going to have logo. your order. not going to happen. <laughs> you're not going to go to her and say, <laughs> I, um, I'd like a logo in blue and pink with um, a Times Roman, please. I think she'll tell you to buzz off. So thank you all very much for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed the She's the Boss podcast. And I hope to be doing loads more of them, but I'm delighted, delighted, Laura, to have had you here today. You're a star. (laughs) Or a starling. Oh, exactly. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this She's the Boss chat episode. It was great to have you here. 
If you want to stay in touch, you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with She's the Boss. Firstly, I've got the She's the Boss show, which is on Ticker TV. Now, you can watch that either on tickertv.com.au or you can download the Ticker app from any of the app stores. So Apple and Android, and they've got an app that is for your phone, for your iPad or tablet, and for the smart TV. Or you could join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to she'sthebossscomau and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode. 